Be delighted this holiday season at Ice and Lights, the winter village at Cameron Run. Just minutes from Old Town Alexandria. Stroll through the park and enjoy winter photo ops, light displays, hot chocolate, and a warm treat. The winter village offers playtime for the entire family. Extend the magic of the holidays by visiting early, starting November 17th. Get your tickets now at CameronIceandLights.com. That's CameronIceandLights.com. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. That's why they love Viator. They have over 300,000 bookable experiences and something for everyone. Plus, their travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. You're about to experience a life-giving message from Bishop Kevin Foreman, the people's bishop and pastor of Harvest Church. We exist to lead people to totally love God, love people, and love life as one church in global locations. Find out more on our website at www.harvestchurch.church or get our app by texting the word HARVEST to the number 877-552-4746. Your faithful giving is how we continue to bring life-giving messages like these to you. So bless what blesses you in our app or online at www.harvestchurch.church forward slash give. Now here's today's life-giving message. This is my best year yet. To the word I'm about to hear, I believe, I obey, I manifest, and that settles it in Jesus' name. Amen. You know what I need you to do? Take 10 seconds right there and release worship on campus and online. Before the word comes, take 10 seconds right there to release worship. Hallelujah. Father, we tell you two things, sir. We are open and we are ready. Come on, Wednesday. Let the Lord know you need him to download something into you. Come on, Facebook. Come on, YouTube. Let him know you need him to download something in you. There's some things that you're about to stop because there's some things he's about to start in Jesus' name. Come on, somebody shout, I'm ready. Grab a seat. Let's go to work. So this series that we're in this month is called Stop. Why? We're learning some things that you must stop so that God can start. Hear me. God is not going to fight with you to be in control. He is not going to fight with you to be in the driver's seat. So as long as you want to run it, he'll stand to the side and say, good luck with that. And I think there's a few of us tonight on campus and online that can say, I've made up my mind that he's much better at being in the driver's seat. This is why, watch me, I can pray for whatever I want, but here's what I seal my prayer with. God, let your will be done in my life. Which means I'm going to ask you for everything under the sun I can imagine, but I give you permission, watch me, to override what I pray for and override what I ask for so your will is done in my life. There's some things that you've got to stop so that God can start. And uh, Sunday's message was called Stop Stopping. And we learn that we must stop stopping our follow through. Hear me. You are a talented somebody. You are a skilled somebody. You have great ability. Watch me. And the truth is you're doing better financially than you've ever done before. Can I tell you, you are a creative somebody. You, you know how to take nothing and turn it into something. Wait a minute. Can we just celebrate, watch me, that your limitations in your past produced some of your greatest innovations, meaning what I could not do taught me how to take what I could do and make something amazing out of it. I need you to elbow somebody next to you and tell them, say, you're very creative. 
Only you could take a peanut butter jelly sandwich and make that thing gourmet. Only you could take what people threw at you and decide to build something off of that. Only you could take people talking about you and instead of getting negative and mad and upset about it, you use it to say whatever you attack, that must be where I am anointed. You don't like talent. You don't like skill. You don't like ability. You don't like money. You don't like creativity. Here's what most people like is follow through. Everybody say follow through. What is follow through? Pay attention. It is the continuing of an action or a task. Let's stop right there. Action means I have to be moving, which means to follow through, you have to get used to being in perpetual movement. Here's what many people want, which is why they don't follow through. They want a sense of calm. They want a sense of peace. They want a sense of, can I just have a day for me? Watch, watch me. But follow through means that I have to do whatever I have to do to continue the action all the way to its completion. See, watch me. For some of you all, you have been amazing starters. But the moment that something gets difficult, you drop the ball and you stop. And that may have been part of your story in 21. That may have been part of your January 22. That may have been part of your February 22. But from this day forward, forward I need you to say this thing with authority say I follow through say I finish what I start it is the continuing of an action which means that I have to get used look at me to always being on even when I want to be off I want to talk to some of y'all where watch me you just literally are like God can I just have a minute can I have a day can I have a week can I have this your mind is working even when you sleep so when you wake up you're thinking about this that and the other am I talking to anybody I need you to hear me what he's teaching you to do is to learn how to follow through because some of you are saying God I got hit with this and then I got hit with this and I got hit with this and I got hit with that can I have a moment look at me no you don't get a moment why because since your calling is higher that means your journey is rougher I wish you'd encourage somebody next to your elbow and say, you've got a big calling on your life. Yep. That means your journey is going to be rougher than everybody else. Stop comparing your life to somebody that's not going anywhere, that's not doing anything, that's not going to accomplish anything. You are not regular. Hear me? Normal is not an accomplishment. So pay attention. Watch me. It's the continuing of an action. Or look at this next one, a task. So an action means I can initiate those, but a task means, pay attention, somebody else gave that to me. Which means I've got to learn how to hold what I'm trusted with and see it through as if I'm the person that gave it to me. Y'all don't go say nothing to me right there. God says he will never trust you with your own until you've been faithful with another man's. Pay attention. For some of you, you desire to do this, that, and the other, and God says, but you haven't completed the task that another man placed in your hand, that another woman placed in your hand. And until you learn how to follow through with other people's, he will not trust you with your own. This is why you need to see everything you're given as an opportunity. Even if it feels like a burden at first, you need to say, I've been given an opportunity to follow through. I, I may not know how to do it on Monday, but I got Google, I got YouTube, I got Facebook. I will figure it out. Why? Because it's an opportunity for me to show God I can follow through. Watch me. To its conclusion. And there's the problem. Because watch me. Conclusion is a relative term. What do you mean relative? To one person, hear me, conclusion may mean uh, um, to when they feel like it's a good place to start. To another person, conclusion may mean once we've accomplished the goal. So pay attention. Part of follow-through means that I need to know where the finish line is. 
For some of you all, uh, you don't follow through because you don't actually understand what the assignment was in the first place. And when you do not, un there's a weird energy that I'm gonna need this. I'm gonna need y'all in this building uh, to just break through right here. All right, all right. Watch me. I need you to release five seconds of worship right there. Go five. Go four three two. I come against every distraction. Uh-uh, I need, I, I come against every distraction. I just heard the Lord, he's about to heal somebody's body even on a Wednesday night. I just gotta break through this right there. I gotta break through this right there. Come on, come on, I need you to release worship. There's three of you online tonight where your family situation is about to turn around. I just need, go, 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 go. Hallelujah, hallelujah. All right, grab a seat, grab a seat, grab a seat, grab a seat. Wow. Here we go. Here we go. Say conclusion, which means, watch me, I have to see it through until it's done, which means part of my follow through means I need to visualize what the end looks like. Can I help some of you? If you do not know what the end of a thing looks like, it makes you feel like you're wasting your time when you follow through. It, listen, one of the reasons uh, I like watching cooking shows. Now, I can't cook, but let me tell you something. But I like watching cooking shows, and I like seeing the end product, and I like seeing them go through the process. I know what it's supposed to look like at the end. Look at me. And this is where your faith comes in because there's sometimes God is not going to show you what the end looks like. He's just going to tell you, but I need you to follow through anyhow. Come on, children of Israel, you've been in bondage for 430. You don't even know what freedom looks like. You don't even know what freedom smells like. You don't even know what freedom feels like. But I need you to put one foot after the other and do not stop until I say stop. And for some of y'all, watch me, here's your faith journey, is that you're like, God, what's next? Baby, the next thing is to follow the same instruction that you were given, and you keep going, and you keep going, and you keep going until the instruction is stopped. Say, I follow through. Come on, say it with authority. Say, I follow through. In fact, your favor is found in your follow through. Look at Galatians 5 and 7. And Galatians says this. Now, I said this in my preview yesterday. The Apostle Paul is writing a letter. And so most of the New Testament that you read, these are letters, Thessalonians, uh, um, Galatians, Ephesians. These are literal churches where the Apostle Paul is writing letters. And the letters that he's writing is to correct them. Pay attention. Sometimes you do not know that your follow through is off until somebody checks you. And we live in a time where people want to be uncheckable. The danger when you become uncheckable, it means, watch me, you will never ever get to the destination that you're supposed to get to. You'll never accomplish what you're supposed to accomplish. And so consequently, what ends up happening, watch me, is that you will be mad at God that your life didn't get to where it was supposed to. And God is like, baby, this one's on you. So watch me. The Bible says that a father that loves his children, he chastises them. He corrects them, which means here's maturity. Maturity says, watch me, I welcome correction. Here's immaturity. And why do you have to say it like that? Why you got to do it like that? Ain't nobody going to talk to me like that. And can I tell you, when you respond like a child, no wonder God keeps treating you like one. I need you to open up your mouth and say, I welcome correction. And look at how he corrects them. He says, y'all were doing so good. As a pastor, this is interesting because I get to see this verse all the time. He says, you were doing so well. Who made you stop? In other words, this isn't a what. Because watch me, you can handle what's. 
You can handle a, a, a what? You, you've already proven that in your past. Let me check the room. Let me check online. Are there any survivors in here that if people knew the hell that you've been through, they would say, I don't know how you still standing. I don't know how you haven't lost your mind. But open your mouth and say, but I am a survivor. I, you can handle what? Here's your greatest challenge. Who's? He says, who made you stop? And sometimes the who is around you, and sometimes the who is in you. The, watch me. The word stop in Greek means this, cut into, which means, he said, who hurt you? Who cut you? Who were you not expecting to come at you like that? Who were you not expecting to act that way with you? Who were you expecting not to do a certain thing? He said, somebody cut you. And can I help you? I'm glad they did. Why? You would never ever learn how to heal unless you were first hurt. And can I tell some of y'all something? What has hurt you deepest is about to help you most. Jesus never gets to the cross unless he's cut by Judas. Y'all not going to talk to me. And I need you to learn how to thank God for every hurtful experience that you've had because it made you better, it made you wiser, it made you stronger. He says, you were doing so well. Who cut you? Then secondly, impede. In other words, this means something has gotten in front of you. Something has distracted you. He, he says, you were looking at the right thing. You were handling the right thing. And something, watch me, which is a someone got in front of you. Look at me. Every attack against you begins with a conversation. Who got your ear and now they got you off? You got to be careful because, watch me, most Christians are waiting for the devil to show up and be like, I'm the devil. He's not going to come at you like that. He's going to come at you through a conversation that introduces a thought that now stops you. It impedes you because I'm distracted. I'm supposed to be looking at this, but I'm distracted by this and by that. Listen, can I tell you when your distractions are going to come? Right before you need to get spiritual download. This is why for some of y'all, you got to be like, look, I ain't going to deal with no drama on no Wednesday. I ain't dealing with no drama on no Sunday. Why? Because I already know you're trying to come at me. Married couple, stop letting the enemy okey-doke you. You need to expect something to try to mess with you before you get a download. Why? To get you off of your game, off of your square, and to get you to stop. Many times, watch me, what impedes you is going to come from your family. It's going to come from people close to you. It's going to come from people that have access to your ear. That's why you have to be careful, watch me, that you cannot be a person that is so easily accessible by everybody and anything that anybody gets to dump on you. You're not listening. Where anybody just gets to say what they want to say. There are certain things you need to say. Look, yeah, you ain't coming to me with all that. No, you ain't finna, you ain't finna put no mess. You're not finna get me distracted. You're not gonna get me in my emotions. You're not gonna get me in my feelings. The third meaning, it means to detain. This means something has held you back. Pay attention. Normally what holds you back, normally what holds you back, just pay very close attention to this simple analogy. It's already behind you. So what's crazy is you're being held back, not by your distraction. Pay attention. A distraction means it's in front of you. To cut you means it's with you. To detain you means it's behind you. 
You are held back by faith. Watch me. Because your daddy said you weren't going to do good. Why are you believing a fruitless man? Y'all not going to say nothing to me. Because your mama said you were going to make it. She ain't had fruit since 78. I need, I need some of y'all to not let what's behind you to distract you or to impede you or to detain you. Open your mouth say, my future looks amazing. I, I know they said you were never going to be nothing, but baby, that's behind you. And I need you to learn how to forget those things that are behind and reach forward to those things that are ahead. Your past performance can detain you. I screwed this up last time. So you know what? I'm, I'm nervous, Bishop. I'm nervous. I may screw it up again. Why are you afraid of failure when failure is the number one ingredient to success? You know what makes success real good? When you got some failure up in there. Y'all ain't going to say nothing to me. You got to learn how to watch me. Romans 8, 28. And we know he makes all things work together. He's going to take my mistakes. He's going to take my accidents. He's going to take my failures. He's going to take my stupid decisions. He's going to take my crazy decisions. He's going to put it all in a bowl. Mix that stuff together. And by the time it comes out, it's going to be my next 12. Being my best 12. Look at this. He says, who made you stop? obeying the truth so here's what it did it cut you it distracted you it held you back and here's what you stopped doing you stopped obeying pay attention you watched it work and then you stopped doing what worked you watched it produce results I, as a pastor i see this i see people their faithful giving is what gets them blessed then all of a sudden they have a crazy idea to stop faithfully giving how much drain on do you have to drink I've watched people, their faithful serving is what gives them opportunities. Then they get to the opportunities, then they stop their faithful serving. But the only reason you got that opportunity is because of your serving. How long do you think the opportunity will last when you stop doing what got it for you in the first place? And I need you to have favor for a lifetime. Come on. I need this thing to last for you. I don't need you to be a shooting star. I don't need you to just have one testimony. I need your life to be a perpetual string of look at what he did on Monday. Look at what he did on Tuesday. Look at what he did on Wednesday. The he says, obeying the truth. What does truth mean? Because look at me. Because we, we live in a culture that says, here's what culture says. I have my truth. This is my truth. And they'll tell you, live in your truth. I just want you to think about how insane that is. So, 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 okay, this has Bentley on the front. That's what it says. It says Bentley, right? Now, a Bentley, you know, depending on which model you're going to get, you know, you at least, you know, you at least $300,000. You know, and that's basic. That ain't no tires. <laughs> you want it to turn on? I mean, you know, this, that's the body out You got it? If I live in my truth, I got a Bentley. See, this is what you look like when you create your own truth. It doesn't work and you ain't going nowhere. Y'all not gonna say that to me. It, it doesn't have the ability to get you to where you're trying to go because you're making up your own reality and the danger with your own reality is that the only place that exists is in your head. You ever met somebody that's totally in a place of delusion where they're, they're doing things? You're like, what are you talking about? I ain't never said nothing like that to you. Oh, I'm about to show you in a minute. Because, because watch me. Because watch me. He says, who obey or who stopped you from obeying the truth? What is the truth? In Greek language or our New Testament means man's duties to God. God says, there's some duties that you owe me. And when they cut you, when they distracted you, 
when they held you back because you let them, it made you abandon your duties to me. Ain't that a, look, ain't that crazy? Listen. Look, 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 look. Here, come 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 here. Look, if she do you wrong, why are you taking it out on him? And this is exactly what, watch me, many Christians do. You're mad at a person, you take it out on God. So now when it's time to worship because you're mad at somebody, y'all not going to talk to me tonight? Because you got an issue with a person. Now when it's time to glorify God, you don't. Let me check the room. For everybody in here, watch me, that has made up in your mind, I could care less what's going on with people. I will make sure I give God what I owe him. I need you to release a praise right there. Come on Wednesday. Come on Wednesday. Come on Wednesday. Come on Wednesday. I ain't going to let your little attitude stop me. I'm not going to let. Y'all better talk. Somebody tell the Lord, say, Lord, I owe you praise. All right, watch me. Look at me. Your duties to God, and I taught you this on Sunday. Your duties to God are summarized in these things, these things called the five T's. All right, the five T's are on our website. I, I, what I did is I went through the whole scripture and I said, God, what is important to you? What are our duties to you? And here's what they are. All right, the first one, your time. That's faithful church attendance, whether that's on campus or online. Number two, your treasure. That's faithfully giving. Number three, your talent. That's faithfully serving. God says, everywhere else shouldn't get your talents but the church. You got it? Because then what that makes you is nothing more than a prostitute. It's quiet in the building. All right? God says, you, oh, watch me. Look at the scripture. Look what it says for talent. It says, uh, 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 it says, as each one has received a gift, serve it to one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. Here's number four, your thirst. This is passion and your prayer, praise, and worship. It, all you should have to do is think about what he's done, what he's doing, and then if you want to put a little extra on top, what he's about to do. And I don't need a praise team. If don't nobody come out on this stage, I'll come up on the stage myself, I'll get behind the mic, and I'll say, I got a testimony of how good he's been to me. Nobody wants a passionless lover. And for some of y'all, when it comes to your passion for God, you just lay there. You're passionless. You're, 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 you look like you were baptized in pickle juice. And God is putting all his good loving on you. Woke you up this morning. Started you on your way. Kept you from losing your mind. Kept you from snapping, cracking, and over somebody. Made sure your body was healthy. Kept your kids from crazy situations. Kept your spouse from dying in an accident. And the least you could do is have some passion. Listen, anybody who's not passionate, here's what it really means. It means that they're not connected. And for some, watch me, God says, you owe me. You owe me passionate prayer, praise, and worship. God says, listen, and I know some of you say, but that's just not my personality. Passion isn't just about performance. Passion is about posture. What is performance? That's what people see. Posture, that produces what people see. 
which means, watch me, you may say, well, I can't dance like so-and-so, but I bet you I can rock side to side real fast. I bet I can move my shoulders. <laughs> Y'all not saying that. Because if, if somebody came in here right now and handed you a million dollar check, you a whole lie if you're just going to, oh, this is nice. That's all you got. That's not my personality. So why is it that praise has to be, you ready? Why is it that praise has to be primed? Why does it take all of the extra to get you to give him what you owe him? And I know what some of y'all are thinking, Bishop, it's Wednesday. I worked all day. Baby, let me help you because you need a whole lot of help. The job you have, he gave you. The car you came to get to this building, he gave you. The, let's be honest. It wasn't your resume because you didn't have the skills in the... The house you about to go back to, he gave you. I need to check this building on campus and online. Where are the passionate praise and worshipers at? That's the best you got? I said, where are the passionate praise and what? God, I owe you and I don't need a praise team. I am a praise team. I don't need to be primed. When I think of the goodness of Jesus and that he's done for me be seated see all I should have to do is say Jesus and you all I should have to do is say 2022 watch me because it was two years ago this week the world shut down and some of you didn't think you'd make it through the last two years but come let's go let's go let's go look at me look at me he says he says who obeyed you or who stopped you from obeying the truth? Truth is man's or man's duties to God. Five T's. Look at them again. Time. Faithful church attendance on campus online. Two. Two. That's your, uh, your treasure. Faithfully giving. Three. That's your talent. Faithfully serving. You can serve on campus and online in harvest. Number four. Number four, please. Number four, that's your thirst. That's your prayer, your praise, and your worship. Number five, that's your testimony. That's inviting people to church. Question. Um. If God's been good to you and you're blessed by what your church produces, why would you not invite people to your God in the same place that's blessed you? Somebody say, it's working for me. Well, if I find something that works for me, you know what I do? I tell everybody that I love that if it's working for me, it's going to work for you. God says, these are your duties to me. Pay attention. He says, how did he, look at Galatians 5, 7. He says, how did he persuade you? In other words, he says, you got pimped. And a good pimp don't let you know that he pimping you. You got hoodwinked. You got bamboozled. The, the okie doke will serve to you. He says, how did this man persuade you? Watch me. Through conversation, I taught you this on Sunday, this group of people called the Judaizers. Say Judaizers. Everybody say Judaizers. They persuade the Galatians to act against what they'd been taught. Let's stop right there for a moment. They were taught truth. They saw truth work. Somebody persuaded them no longer to do the truth that they saw work. Watch me. It's a special kind um, of insanity to stop doing what you've seen work to listen to somebody else who have not seen what they're doing work for them. Look at the next part. Look at it. He says, 
they stopped their following through because they picked the wrong emotion at the wrong time. They got cut. They got emotional. They get distracted. They get emotional. They're being held back. They get emotional. Pay attention. Look at Galatians 5.10. Whoever is upsetting you. So now we know what really happened. They stopped because they got emotional. And sometimes, hear me Wednesday, you're going to have to tell yourself this situation is not the time for that emotion. Say, this is not the time for that. Here we go. If you constantly and consistently pick the wrong emotion at the wrong time, here's what you're going to live in. It's called insanity. It's quiet. You're going to be grown, walking around like you're in a straitjacket. And the thing about a straitjacket is this, is that although I have my limbs, although I have my hands, which means I have what I need to produce, I'm walking around and I'm being unproductive. Matter of fact, matter of fact, matter of fact, say stop the insanity. Stop the insanity. Mm -mm, say that with authority. Say stop the insanity. All right, here's the first definition of insanity. There's only three. Let's preach them and go. The first is a severely disordered mind, which means here's how your mind thinks. One, 42, seven, nine, two. Which means you may do right things, but you do them out of order. You may do great things, but you do them out of order. You may have great thoughts, but they are out of order. Ecclesiastes 3, look at this. To everything, there is a season and a time for every purpose. This means order under heaven. Because God says, there is an order in which things should be done. And when things are done in order, the blessing rests. When things are done disorderly, there is insanity. It literally means it's disorder. Look at this. He says a time to be born and a time to die. Pay attention. It is not the time to have the same emotion. Something needs to be birthed when something needs to die. Because if you have the same emotions when something needs to be birthed, when something needs to die, you will end up treating what needs to die like it needs to be born again. And for some of y'all, watch me, there's emotions you needed to kill last month. But because you picked a birthing emotion, you nurtured what you were supposed to kill. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Look at me, look at me. He says, a time to be born and a time to die. A time to plant and a time to uproot. Look at this. Which means, watch the order. If it's time to plant, what do I need to do? It means first I need to dig up the soil. Then I need to put the seed in. Then I need to cover the soil. Then I need to water. Here's this order. Here's this order. Here's this order. Here's this order. You put the water down. So now you're mad because it's muddy. But the only reason it's muddy is because you did it out of order. Y'all better talk to me tonight. So you, I can't put the water down. Then it gets muddy. Then, okay, I'm going to dig it up. I'm going to put the seed in. Well, now I got a muddy mess. And so now it's all over your hands. Now it's all over your clothes. What was supposed to be simple is now difficult because you didn't do it in order. I need some of y'all to hear me. Watch me. Your intentions may have been great, but your order was out. Say, Lord, cause me to do things in order. Come on. A time to plant, a time to uproot. So I cannot use the same emotion when I'm planting as when I need to uproot. Because when I'm uprooting, I'm going to grab it and I'm going to take it out. Watch me. There will be a little dirt because what I planted is going to have a little dirt on it. But I'm not afraid of the dirt because my emotions have prepared myself that because I'm uprooting what I planted, it's going to be dirty. 
Some of y'all are wanting things to be cute and clean that can't be cute and clean because that's not the time that you're in. Y'all not saying nothing to me. I need you to open up your mouth and make this declaration and say, I will do things in order. Let's go. All right, look at this. Look at this. Look at verse 3. A time to kill, a time to heal. Which means, watch me, when it's time to kill something, it is not time to heal it. For some of you, you picked the wrong, they're friends that you needed to kill that friendship. Why? They were leeches. How do you know? They never brought anything to the friendship. They only took something from the friendship. And because it fed your need to be needed, you kept healing it when what you needed to do was kill it. I pray you have the grace to kill whatever you got to kill tonight. Whether it's around you or whether it's in you. Somebody say, I have the grace to kill what needs to die. And I have the grace to heal what needs to live. See, some of you, watch me. You love, you like David. The Bible says that David loved who hated him. He hated who loved him. This is amazing because it was David's son. His name was Absalom. It was David's son who literally had a coup. He overthrew the government. David, when you read a lot of the Psalms, that's, and David's talking about, I, oh, I run for my enemies. They seek after my flesh. And yeah, all of that is when he's on the run. Much of it from his own son. And the Bible says Joab. Joab was a mighty man. The Bible says Joab comes to him and Joab says, hey, um, um, you know, we finna go get Absalom. We found out where he at. We got some info. We got some intel. And we finna go take him down. David is like, well, don't kill him, Joab. Joab is like, yes, sir, king. I won't kill him. What Joab does is he gets some of his servants and he says, look, I told a king I wouldn't kill him. He didn't say nothing about y'all not killing him. So when they come up on Absalom, they literally, watch me, they literally kill Absalom. They go back to David to say, David, we have restored the kingdom to your hands. Pay attention. David, your son has taken your kingdom. The Bible says he stole the hearts of the people. And while people don't belong to anybody, you have to be careful with people who intentionally try to steal the hearts from where they belong. They belong with David, but Absalom turned them to himself. Oh, my God. Beware of anybody that's trying to snatch up the focus of your heart to be on something that it should not be on. Pay attention. So Joab gets back to David. When he gets back to David, David's first question, where's the lad? Talking about Absalom. Joab is ticked off. Joab says, king, oh, king, we suppose you don't care anything about us. He said, this son of yours who took your kingdom, you asking whether or not he's alive, he could have cared less if you were. He could have cared less what was going on with you because he lusted after your throne. So he did not care what he had to destroy to get it. And the Bible says, the Bible says that Absalom uh, after, he's, after they take him out, that David sits there on the throne all day crying. Matter of fact, he gets off of his throne and he goes and he weeps. He weeps so loud the whole city hears him. And the men, they're coming back to celebrate. Our king got the kingdom back. They stop celebrating. Pay attention. See, some of you, you can't even celebrate because you're mad about who's not at the celebration. I wish cousin was here. Cousin ain't never liked you, and they ain't going to be at the celebration. Y'all not going to talk to me. I wish so-and-so was here. They're not going to be at the celebration because the truth is, is they, they were always around you, but they were never with you. You ready? All right. So they, uh, they all, they're out there, and as they're out there, um, Joab goes back in. He's like, sir, 
we should be celebrating. And you're mad about the fact that he's not here because you've picked the wrong emotion at the wrong time. So you're trying to heal what should have been killed because if Absalom had an opportunity to kill you, he would have. Question, why is it that sometimes we will love who hates us and then hate who loves us? Okay, I'm going to go there. You will celebrate people you've never met on social media. And the people that labor with you week after week after week after week, you'll step right over them. Y'all not going to say nothing to me. I need you to elbow somebody next to you and say, celebrate me. I'm right here. I you celebrating people you've never met, but the people that poured into you, the people that built you, the people that believed in you, the people that made you, you won't even celebrate them. Okay, I got it. They'll celebrate somebody else's business, but won't celebrate your business and y'all supposed to be. Ooh, it's quiet in here. All right, look at this next one. Look at this next one. Time to plant, time to uproot, time to kill, time to heal, time to break down, and time to build. If it's time to break down, it's not time to build. Um, um, Y'all remember Titanic, when on the Titanic, you know, the band comes out, the boat's like this here. The band coming out, playing. Uh, you know, listen, man, you better pack all this up. <laughs> the boat's about to go down. This is not the time for that. There's certain things God says, I need you to break that all the way down. And you know what you keep telling the Lord? But Lord, I'm trying to build it. What if you overvalued what you have and you underestimate what you could achieve if you'd break it down and build it again? You ready? He says, it's a time to break down, a time to build, time to weep, time to laugh. If it's time to be serious, it is not time for jokes. And joking when it's serious time, sometimes it's going to be the wrong thing at the wrong time. These require two different emotions. Watch me. A time to mourn and a time to dance. If we're mourning, it is not time to celebrate. But if it's celebrating, it is not a time to mourn. Question, have you ruined your own moments because you picked the wrong emotion at the wrong time? You're supposed to be celebrating and instead you're thinking about, you know, I sure wish it was this and that. But it is what it is. And you can celebrate that or you can mourn that it's not what you wanted it to be. But could it be that what you wanted it to be is making you miss the beauty of what it is? Y'all still with me? Look at this next one. Next one says this. This is the time to cast away stones, the time to gather stones. He says there's a time where you need to, watch me, this season, this time will be a time where you are simply sowing. You're throwing it out there. You're throwing it out there. And then there's going to be a time to gather. Here's the challenge. Is that for most people is that the moment they cast out, the moment they want to pick it up. I've been nice to two people today. Somebody need to be nice to me. I can help somebody today. Somebody needs to help me. Now, realizing, watch me, that there's a time for you to sow. Woo! But you sit next to somebody where it's about to be time for them to reap. I just need to check on campus and online for those of you that can say, Bishop, I've done a lot of sowing. I'm excited that in my next 12 months, it's time for me to... A time to embrace, a time to say, back up off me, cuz. <laughs> Listen, he said, there's a, time, there's a time for that. But watch me. But, but then there's a time where we need to go to war. This ain't lovey-dovey time. 
This is get up and fight time. Can I help married couples? This is important for you because, watch me, help, let me help you wives. Sometimes you need to speak to the warrior in him, not the lover in him. And while you're talking about, baby, give me a hug, you need to say, get up and let's go. Who we need to, what we need to do, who we need to call. But you cannot expect him, watch me, you cannot expect him to lead if the only man you speak to is the lover. With some of your friends, listen, this ain't the time for us to be key, key, key. And this is the time for us to get it together. It's business writing time. It's business plan time. It's strategizing time. This ain't the time to be going out to eat and sitting around talking about nothing. This is the time to figure out what we're about to do in our next trial. Why? I was not born just to pay bills and die. I was sent to rule and to reign and to conquer and subdue. This is not the time for that. You got me? Today I was on a business call, a couple of my business partners, we have a business call, and, and, um, and then one of them pulled it in the other direction, they said, they said, they said, Bishop Foreman, you, you, you serious? I said, gentlemen, we, this is business. I said, and jokey joke is good, but we got deadlines. I got San Antonio, I got, <laughs> it's a movie. I said, we got business to handle. And, and I said, watch me, what you, what you understand about me is I know when it's time to switch times. As a shepherd, there's a time for me to, there's a time when I, it's to be shepherd, all right? It's a time for me to love babies, kiss babies, hug you, encourage you, let you crown my shoulder, wipe your makeup off my shoulder, let the next person come, you know, like, no, no, listen, that, that's the part. But then it's the time where I got to handle business. So the shepherd cannot be the one that's handling business because I will bring the wrong emotion into the situation. Y'all not going to say that. So instead of making a good business decision as the chief executive, I'll then make a shepherd decision saying, well, you know, this is not the time for that. Let me speak to every leader. You need to understand that principle because there's some times where it's, you're going to need to uh, lead with compassion. There's going to be other times where you're going to need to say, listen, compassion hasn't worked to produce a change. So since they haven't changed, now I'm going to have, it's, this is not the time for compassionate talk. Now I'm going to say it nice, but you got to go. I'm going to say it nice, but we're not having this no more. Let it happen again, you'll be frying fish in the morning. It's a southern colloquialism. That means you'll no longer be doing this. All right, watch me. Look, look at me, everybody. You have to give people the freedom when it's time to switch seats. What does that mean? Because there's going to be a time to embrace. There's going to be a time to do that. Then there's going to be a time where they need to handle business with you. And you get mad at him because we're supposed to be friends. That doesn't mean we do sloppy business. Y'all ain't going to say nothing to me. Let's move on. Give me my scriptures. Let's move on. Let's move on. Let's move on. Look at me. Look at me. Um, look at this next one. A time to uh, uh, search and a time to count it as a loss. Mm, that's, that's he says there's a time to go look for it. There's a time to go fight for it. And then there's a time to say that's not worth fighting for. If I pick the wrong emotion at the wrong time, I'll be fighting for what I should have said, let that be. And what I should have said, let that be, I'll be fighting for. Y'all still with me? Look at this next one. He says, there's a time uh, to keep and a time to discard. You got to know when to hold them. I, but if you're so married to what you're holding, you, you, watch me, you will not let it go. You'll pick the wrong emotion at the wrong time. Y'all not talking to me. So it'll feel like insanity 
because things are out of order. You pick the wrong emotional emotion consistently and constantly. So you live in a place called insanity. Look at verse 7 and 8. A time to tear and a time to mend. I know for some of you, you want peace with everybody. You want everybody to like you. You want everybody to, to look at you and just. But look what the Bible says. There's going to be a time where certain things just have to be towed up. Sonny and Shad didn't last always. I and Tina didn't last always. Y'all ain't going to say nothing to me. There's certain things. Watch me. He says there is a time to tear. In other words, I cannot be so, so loyal to it that I miss assignment. Can I give you an example? Moses did this. God told Moses, he said, Moses, he said, Moses, um, these children of Israel, they're not going to do right. He said, they're just not. He says, so Moses, here's my deal. God's a deal maker. He says, you and I, let's go move somewhere and we'll start over. He said, you can, he said, I'll deal with the children of Israel. He said, they're going to they're gonna wander anyhow. He said, let's, you, me and you go start over somewhere. I'll start fresh with you. And he said, look, he makes an amazing promise. He says, I'll make a great nation out of you, Moses. He says, because the people don't understand. I didn't call them. I called you. By virtue of your call, they got included. Would you elbow somebody next to you and say, God's got a calling on you. He's got. He says, I, I called you. I didn't call them. Let's me and you go start over. And what did Moses do? He got insane because he picked the wrong emotion at the wrong time. You know what he does? Then people gave him hell. Those people fought him all the time. They made his job difficult. They gave him hell. Do you know what Moses says to God? He says, no, Lord, we can't do this. What will the nation say about you? They will say that you are God that can't finish what you start. Therefore, let me keep working with them. Y'all not going to say nothing to me. Let me keep talking to them. Let me keep trying, and maybe they're going to get it. The Lord says, okay, Moses, if this is what you want, good luck. But just know that I gave you an opportunity to fulfill your assignment. And you picked people who wouldn't have picked you. And I pray you have a circle in 2022 full of people that may not be perfect, but they're going to pick you. They're going to pick. They're going to be loyal. All right, let's look at this last one. Let's look at this last one. Let's look at this last one. A time to hate, a time to love. What does hate there mean? He said, God want me to hate people. Hate means love less. He says, there's going to be a time that comes to your life where you're going to have to prioritize love. What does that mean? Love is going to have to be ranked. In other words, I'm going to have to love this less than that. Okay, example. Example. Okay, you may love your spouse. You may love your kids. You may love your family. But watch me. But, but Jesus said, you're going to have to love them less than me. The, the old King James says it like this, unless you hate your mother, father. Hate there just means love less. Jesus said, listen, if it comes between, come here, Adam, between me and Eve, you better pick me. Because if you get behind this wrong emotion of, well, this is my spouse, or these are my kids, or this is my family, you will pick the wrong emotion at the wrong time. It's quiet in here. So what happens is you'll live in insanity because you'll be trying to have love and hate at the same time. 
you'll be trying to, watch me, you'll be trying to give everybody the same level of love. You'll be trying to give everybody the same priority of love. Here's this last one. He says there's a time for war and a time for peace. He says there's certain times you just need to say, this is not worth war. There are certain times you need to just deduce, this is going to distract me more than it's going to advance me. So I'm not going to fight. Look at somebody say, certain things I ain't fighting about. I, ain't. I know you want to get the last word, but watch me. Sometimes you have to pick the emotion that says, uh, it's okay. It got quiet right through here. I know you want to say, well, no, I just want to clarify one more thing. And for those of you that are like me, we like to clarify that one more thing. Y'all not talking to me Wednesday. We just want you to know. I just want to clarify. And sometimes you have to step back and say, there's no need for that. That's not going to produce anything. There's a time to go to war. And then there's a time for peace. There was a decision that I, I, I needed to make and our board of directors needed to make. And uh, uh, we said, okay, we're not going to war over that. We said, we're going to be at peace with ourselves because we're not going to war over that. You can fight over that by yourself. Ooh, now we're going to put God up on you. But that ain't a war we finna fight. You can fight that war yourself. Y'all not saying nothing to me. Right? If, if you don't do this, if you pick the wrong emotion at the wrong time, what will happen is that you will live in a place of insanity. Here's the second definition of insanity. This is when the message starts to preach. You ready? All right, we were getting the meat cooked. Now let's get to the gravy. Unsoundness of mind, lack of ability to understand that prevents one from having the capacity, listen, to enter into a relationship, a status, or a transaction. I'm going to back it up. If you constantly and consistently pick the wrong emotion at the wrong time, you lack the ability to understand which prevents you from entering into a relationship. Now we know why people start acting crazy with you sometimes after they get with you. Y'all not going to talk to me? Why? Because they were insane when you got with them. Now we know why friends start acting crazy with you. Why? Because you didn't have the capacity to enter into a relationship with me in the first place because you were a rebound, not a choice. Y'all not going to say nothing to me. Look. He says, it's the unsoundness of mind, lack of ability to understand, which means you don't really understand what's going on. So the only place that what's going on, according to you, based on the way you see it, is in your head. Because that's not what's really happening. Okay? Yesterday it was what? 70 degrees in Denver? Now what is it? 40-something? Raining? And they're talking about eight inches of snow. I said, book me a flight tonight. I'm out. I'll see y'all on Sunday. Nobody got time for that. Pay attention. If, if, if you are still operating in Wednesday as if it was 70 degrees, and you got on flip-flop thong sandals and a, and a tank top and all that, watch me, watch me. You lack the understanding and the ability to recognize what's going on. It's 43. That's a mess. Look at me. It says you, it prevents one from having the capacity to enter into a relationship. Question, what relationships, be it business, be it friendship, 
to be a romantic. Have you entered into, pay attention, have you entered into, watch me, that you did not have the ability or understanding to enter into? This is why it makes people so, we live in a culture where people will cut people like that. You know why it's so easy for some people to cut people without cause? It's because they were insane when they entered it. They didn't understand that when you said, I love you, you meant it. Okay. A status or a transaction, which means when you begin to deal with people, watch me, who lack the ability to understand and you begin to deal with them, what ends up happening is that you had a clear understanding because it was black and white. They come with some other stuff and you're like, what is this? This is not what we discussed. This is not what the relationship, the status, or the transaction was supposed to be. Can I show you this in the scripture? Exodus 5 and 20. So the children of Israel, this is when Moses first goes to them, and he goes to Pharaoh, and he says, all right, um, Pharaoh, let God's people go. And he goes to the people and tells them that God has said that it's time for us to be let go. Look at what happens in verse 20. They confronted Moses and Aaron. Question, um, if your problem is with Pharaoh... Why are you going to Moses and Aaron? Watch me. Because when you constantly and consistently pick the wrong emotion at the wrong time, you will be mad at the wrong people. Pharaoh is the one that said, go make bricks with no straw. You need to be talking to Pharaoh. Why in the world are you talking to Moses and Aaron? Watch me. They're trying to give you freedom, but you're fighting your help. God, dog. You ready? Verse 21. Look at what they say to Moses and Aaron. May the Lord judge you. They're mad at the wrong people. How many of us can be honest that we've picked the wrong emotion at the wrong time? We've been mad at the wrong person. Like, like you mad at person over here and you taking it out on everybody over here. You had an issue at your job and now your house is paying for it. And so you come home with a negative attitude. Everybody leave me alone. No, you should have fixed that in the car. Sit out there until you get it together. But don't bring all that up in here because you want to practice insanity. Y'all not going to say nothing to me. I need you to open up your mouth. Say, not another day in my life. Come on, let's go. Say it again. Say, not another day in my life. Look at me. So the foreman said, this is the foreman. He said, you have made us a stench before Pharaoh and his officials. Question, question. You're a slave. Why in the heaven, hell, and earth do you care what your slave master thinks of? I pray you ain't a house. Mm. Google the rest of that. We want to look good before Pharaoh and his officials. You ready? Why are we zapping? Look at me. Look at me. Look at me, look at me, look at me, look at me. He says, you have made us a stench before Pharaoh and his officials. You have placed in their hand a sword to kill us. Look at me, everybody. The only thing Pharaoh said was make bricks with no straw. How did you get in your head that you are stench before him and his officials and that he now is going to kill you? You're free labor. He don't want you dead. It's quiet in this building. So say insanity. Nobody said that and nobody suggested that. 
But when, watch me, but when you constantly and consistently pick the wrong emotion at the wrong time, you will hear what was not said. I know how they feel. Are you a prophet now? <laughs> I know what they meant. Or did you interpret it? You know what gets me is when people will say, I know Bishop was trying to talk to me. You, you're that arrogant to think that when I'm talking to tons of people that I'm going to carve something out of my mess. If I want to say something to you, I'm grown enough to come say it to you. I ain't got to talk in riddles and rhymes. I know when he said that he was talking about me. I'm thinking, listen, see, see, watch me. Here's insanity. So you think all this is just for you. It's insanity. It's bigger than you. Somebody said, it's bigger than me. Can I tell you what that's called? The Holy Ghost. Can I tell you what that's called? Conviction. That's the Holy Ghost saying, this is for you. And here's what you should rejoice about. The fact that God would take the time to correct you, that means he must still love me. So even if it was directed at me, I need that. Bring that over here. Back that up. Do, 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 do. Back that up. Drop that off. Back that up. Drop that off. Look at this. Nobody said that. Nobody suggested that. They're mad at the wrong people. So you got an attitude with the wrong people. You have a problem with the wrong people. Can I show you this? Look at verse 23. Ever since I, this is Moses speaking, went to Pharaoh to speak in your name, he has brought trouble on this people. Look at this last line. And you have not delivered your people in any way. Now pay attention. Because that required follow through until they saw favor. But what begins to happen for the Hebrews as they're in this process? They began to pick the wrong emotion at the wrong time. So watch me. Was it, did it need to be ten plagues? Could it have been five? Could it have been two? Could it have been one? But God says, I need you to get out of this insanity, and I need you to follow through. Because after this moment, they had an attitude with Moses. So now because there's disorder, there's chaos, there's tension, there's attitude, now nothing can move. And for some of you, you need to, watch me, you need to let some things go tonight. Mm. There's some things you need to say, you know what, I've been mad at the wrong person. Watch me. Some of you have been mad at people. And instead, you need to say, wait a minute, this is spiritual. There's a spirit behind the person, watch me, that's trying to get me to stop. Can I ask you a question? What is it that has always stopped everybody else in your bloodline? Because it thinks it's about to get you. But I need you to say this with authority. Say, but I am the interruption to the dysfunction in my bloodline. I'm the curse breaker in my bloodline. I'm the history maker in my bloodline. I'm the line crosser in my bloodline. Say, it ain't going to get me no more. So what happens next? They go through 10 plagues. It was in the springtime that we're about to enter this. That's why I'm taking the time to talk about this. It was in the springtime. They go through 10 plagues. Everybody say 10 plagues. Um, they go through these 10 plagues. As they go through these 10 plagues, it requires follow-through. They have to get up, and they have to keep going back over and over and over and over and over and over again until they picked the right emotion. Question, is your delay because you keep picking the wrong emotion? And you keep thinking, well, God knows my heart. He does, but he also doesn't want you to mess up what he's about to put in your hands. 
So sometimes he says, I'm going to throw this in your face again and again and again until you pick the right emotion. What if God is hardening Pharaoh's heart and that's why you're experiencing resistance because God wants to see you pick the right emotion? It's quiet. It's quiet. Y'all want somebody to say, pick the right emotion. Look at, this, <laughs> look at this next part. Look at the next part. Look at this next part. This is in Exodus 12, 36. So the Lord had given the people. Talk. <laughs> it's an open book test. Robahe Shantaya Shante. Jackie and Darlene. Listen. Exodus 12, 36. The Lord. Look at me. Not Pharaoh. Not, uh, not your cousin. Not your boss, not the governor, not the senator, the Lord. Once they pick the right emotion, I'm trying to tell you where you at. I'm trying to tell you where they at. Watch me, because some of you have had things that have happened, and you're like, God, this is frustrating. He said, but pick the right emotion, no. God, this is angry. Pick the right emotion, no. God, I can't take it. Mm -mm. Pick the right emotion, no. Once they pick the right emotion, here they are in Exodus 12. Now, remember, where did it start? Exodus 5. You ready? Here we are in Exodus 12. The Lord had given the people favor in the sight, watch me, of the very people that were causing the problems. God now gives them favor. Can I tell you where your favor is going to come from for the rest of this year? From the very people that didn't want to see you win, they're going to be the ones that are going to have to help you win. Come on. I want to go up now. Somebody say, favor's about to find me because of my follow-through. You're going to pick the right emotion. 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 You're not going to pick the wrong emotion. You're going to pick the right emotion. You're going to pick the right emotion. Say it. I'll pick the right emotion. 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 When they did that, the Bible says that the Lord gave them favor which meant their enemy couldn't rebuke it. Feels good through here. The enemy couldn't rebuke it. The enemy couldn't stop it. The enemy couldn't block it. Watch me. He gave them favor in the sight of the Egyptians. What does this mean? When the people looked at them, they looked at them differently than they looked at everybody else. Make this declaration and say, I'm about to be seen differently. There's some stuff in you that wasn't seen before. You're about to be looked at differently. There's some talents, gifts, skills, and abilities that have been in you. You're about to be looked at differently. So the Lord had given the people favor in the sight of the Egyptians. Look at this last part. So that they let them have what they asked. Everything they asked for, they got. I just need some bold faith. We've got one more point and we're out of here. I just need some bold faith. I need you to take 30 seconds and ask for what you want right now. Go. Online and on campus. Ask the Lord for whatever it is that you want. Open your mouth and make your declaration. Make your declaration. I want to see favor. Tell them you want to see your family saved. Tell them that you want to see your debts canceled. Come on, open your Ask for what you want. And the Lord gave it to them. And the Lord gave it to them. Come on, TikTok. Come on, Facebook. Come on, YouTube. And the Lord gave it to him. And the Lord gave it to him. I need you to put a praise behind your request. Go. I said put a praise behind your request. Go.
Come on, Wednesday, put a praise behind your request. And the Lord gave them exactly what they asked for. And the Lord gave them exactly what they asked for. And the Lord gave them exactly what they asked for. Don't ask for small, ask for big. Don't ask for little, ask for big. And the Lord gave them exactly what they asked for. Look at me. Look at me. Say, I'm going to get exactly what I asked for. See, if you're too emotional, you ain't going to ask for nothing. If you pick the wrong emotion, you're going to ask for stuff that you can do. God don't need you asking him to do for you what you can do for yourself. He needs you to ask him for the stuff you can't do. He needs you to ask him that the owner would turn their heart towards you. He needs you to ask him that the contract price would be brought down for you. He needs you to ask him for stuff that you cannot. You ready? Look at this last definition. This last definition, and we out of here. Say insanity. Foolish or unreasonable. And here's what's crazy. Is that sometimes faith will seem foolish. Which means it's a thin line between faith and insanity. Come on, say it's a thin line. I want to talk to those of you where faith has always been hard for you because you were like, this seems insane. I want to talk for those of you that are planners. I want to talk to those of you that are um, that are detail oriented. I want to talk to those of you that like to know what's going to happen. I want to talk to those of you that don't like the concept of somebody else being in control of your future. I want to talk. To some of you that say, God, I, I, I need to know what's about to happen. And what's really frustrating me is that you know and you ain't told me nothing. I need you to learn how to trust him when you can't trace him. Mm. I need you to learn how to say, if he's never failed me yet before, the same God from back then is the same God right now. Insanity means foolish, unreasonable. Listen to this. There's a few definitions of the word fool in scripture. The first is let's. It's a let's fool. Let's let's. That's a Hebrew word. Say let's. It means this fool ignores the ways of God. The second definition of fool is a nabel. Say nabel. This is an atheist, an agnostic, or a Christian atheist. What's a Christian atheist? An atheist is one who believes that there is no God. A Christian atheist is one that professes Christianity but still lives as if there is no God. You ready? For some of you, you have crossed the line into being a nabel. Because you confess him, but you do not trust him. And the moment something gets outside of your scope and what you feel comfortable with and what you feel like, okay, that's enough, God. <laughs> all right. You do, all right. All right now. Like you're going to discipline him. Can we be honest Wednesday? Because we all have moments where we're like, okay, God, use me, stretch me. That's too much. Lord, have your way. But not them three ways over there. Lord, I'm yours. Do whatever you want. But I ain't doing this or this or this or this. And I sure ain't doing that. So you're a Nabal. You're a Christian atheist. Because you confess him, but you really don't trust him. He doesn't have all of you. Because the moment he wants you, I can preach this. You know why? It was 15 years ago. I said, God, I am a, a, a starting a church in Denver. 
I, I had an opportunity. I was, I was supposed to move to Dallas. I had an opportunity. I had it lined up. I had it all ready to go. Everything was done. Everything was done. I said, be encouraged. <laughs> 5280. <laughs> I have sown, and now shall I go. <laughs> and you know what he did? He said, mm -mm. He shut it down. So I was like, what is we going to do? What am I supposed to do? You know, felt like, uh, you know, and uh, waiting to exhale. What am I supposed to do for money? Y'all ain't seen the movie. All right. Come on, sweeten it up for me. Come on. All right. All right. Atlanta got it. Listen, I said, God, what am I supposed to do? I said, like, what? what? He said, this is what you're going to do. You're going to plant a church. You're going to plant it here. I said, Lord, you know the statistics? I said, you know this area. You made it. And you made these people in this area. I said, can we talk this over? Let's look at some options, Lord. <laughs> Lord, have you considered Houston? Have you considered New York, Chicago, L.A., Dallas, Miami, Atlanta, Charlotte? Look, Lord, I'll go to Columbia, South Carolina. Can you? Why? <laughs> I said, Denver, Lord? And you know what I did? Can I be honest? I wish I could tell you. I was like, yes, Lord. Have your way. I'm yours. It's your breath in my lungs. So I pour out my praise. No. I ain't do nothing like that. Can I, be, can I keep it 100? Since y'all ain't saying nothing, if I tell you my business, maybe you'll say something. From January of 06 until May of 06, I ran. Five months. From January of 06 to May of 06, I ran. I said, Lord, okay, let's do a young adult church. But it ain't going to be no church. I'm going to go around the city at other churches and I'm going to do music and preach and do that. And that's what I'm going to do. So you know what I did? You ready? I gave him what I wanted to give him. It's quiet in this building. And I said, Lord, this is good. People are getting saved. Pookie got saved. Tracy got saved. Look at all these people getting saved. I had an earring at the time. I preached in my earring. That was real, you know, edgy at that time. You know, that was very edgy at the time. Listen, I had my G Money look going on. Do you understand? Y'all got to see the movie to know. I had, I had my, you know, I'm like, this, this is the thing. I still had hair. I had my, you know, I had a fade. You know what I'm saying? Had a few waves, you know, and never quite all the way wave, but I had a few. It dipped right through here. So, so I did that, and I was like, God, this is it, right? This is good. He says, that's not what I told you to do. He says, that ain't what I asked for. I said, but God, this is a good thing. He said, but it's not a God thing. I said, and the reason you don't want to do it, put up the definition of the name, he says, is because you, you confess me. He says, but the truth is, son, he said, when you started winning like you were winning, he said, you ready for me? Can I go deep? He said, when you started winning like you were winning, you are scared of losing. Is there anybody in the building 
anybody online where you're like, there's certain things, God, I'm just scared to lose. Because I've started winning. And winning tastes good. Don't you lie to me. It ain't all about winning. You a whole lie. Winning feel good. You feel better when you won, don't you? You, you wear your clothes different. You walk with a different swag. You walk with a bit. Shalom, everybody. Huh? You go to the mall. You can tell the people winning in the mall because they walk slow. They want everybody to see them. They flossing in the mall. They want you to see they've been to Louis and Hermes and Tiffany's. You ready? Um, Christian atheists. We confess him, but we don't fully trust him. God says, that's insanity. That's insanity. Because you're literally going to fight me when you need me. And you're going to try to give me what you want, but that's not what I said. You're going to give me Ishmael when I ask for Isaac. And you're going to ask me to take it. Well, God, I know it ain't what I'm supposed to do, but Lord, it's something. Look at me. Look at me Wednesday. He's not accepting that from you this year. Mm-mm. Come on. I need you to lift your hands right there and just say, Lord, my answer is yes. Come on. Come on. I need you to go with me for just a moment Wednesday. Come on. Let the Lord know that whatever the request is, whatever the directive is, my answer is yes. I will not be afraid of failure. I will not be afraid of it not succeeding. My answer is yes. Last definition, a fool, Kessel, a Kessel fool. Say Kessel, yes. Proverbs 26, 11. Like a dog, bow wow wow, yippee yo, yippee yay. Bow wow, yippee yo, yippee yay. Like a dog that returns to his vomit is a fool who repeats his folly, his insanity. You know doing it your way ain't gonna work. But you didn't contrive in your head, I'm going to do it this way. This happens with a lot of single people with relationships. You ask for a road map. You're given a road map. You don't follow the map. And you're like, Lord, touch it. He doesn't, oh, God, you ready? He is not going to touch what's poison. Just because you want it to have purpose. Let's move on. He says, like a dog that returns to his vomit is a fool that repeats his folly. Say repeats. Okay. So watch me. It's insanity to keep doing the same thing over, knowing it ain't going to work. And you keep on doing it. And there's the thin line between faith. That's why you can't miss Sunday. Because you might be like a woman with an issue of blood. See, there's the thin line. See, that's why you got to know. That's why you got to know. Because the thin line is, watch me, am I supposed to settle with this condition or do I persist until I get healing? Ooh, I can't wait for Sunday. To be honest, I may just pre-record Sunday tomorrow night just so I get it out. Like a dog that returns to his vomit is a fool who repeats his folly. Look at this last fool. Last fool is a petty fool. <laughs> for the simple are killed by their turning away and the complacency of fools destroys them. Here's insanity. You're inconsistent and you're complacent. 
He says, you have to stop being inconsistent. You ever go into a restaurant and you could tell it was a different cook? Like, you're like, I ain't going, uh-uh. I, no, it's Thursday. No, we, no, no. No, Carlos ain't there. We got to go back on Saturday. No. I've been to restaurants where I've literally, I've walked in the kitchen and said, now who's in here? No, I just want to know. <laughs> much money as I spend, I, I just want to know who's back here. I've been in restaurants where I've said, who's serving in that section? I said, before you put me, who over there? And they'll, I said, they'll pull them out. I said, mm-mm, mm-mm, nope, put me over there. Or send me somebody else. I said, because I already know they're inconsistent. And I came to enjoy myself. This is my one meal for the day. And it's about to be good. Right? So I, I don't need them to be inconsistent. Look at me. Inconsistency and complacency. What is complacency? Complacency, watch me, is self-satisfaction. And you're unaware that there's a defect. It's self-satisfaction, and you're unaware of danger. Complacent. Complacent. I'm good. Everything's fine. Make sure that you don't step out of gratefulness into complacency. Because complacency says, this, is, this can't get any better. I'm the best I could ever be. When I hear people say stuff like this, I'm on, I'm doing, I, I'm on top of it. I'm the best. I'm this, I'm that. I'm like, you are complacent. Because what you have told yourself is that there's no longer room for growth. But the best of the best do is say, I'm a student, which means I'm learning every day. I can get better. As a matter of fact, my tomorrow me is going to be better than my today me. Come on, y'all, let's go home. I'm not in competition with anybody else except yesterday's version of myself. And here's what I need you to get excited about, that you will not walk in the insanity of being complacent or inconsistent. Pray this prayer. Say, Lord, make me consistent and don't let me be complacent. Say, there's better in me. There's better in me. And I speak that better to come out of me. In Jesus' name, I need you to take 10 seconds and praise God that you won't be consistent or won't be inconsistent and will not be complacent. Come on, Facebook. Come on, YouTube. God, give me consistency. Give me the ability to operate at a high level at all times. Give me the ability to pick the right emotions at all times. But do not allow me to become complacent. Do not allow me to become complacent. Why? My next 12. They're about to be my best 12. Come on, I need you to open your mouth and say, and my next 12. They're going to be my best 12. I need you to stir somebody else's faith. Go to three or four people in this building. Fist bump them and just say, your future looks amazing. Your future looks amazing. Online, type it in the chat. Your future looks amazing. Your future looks incredible. Don't be complacent. Don't get stuck. But remain consistent. Remain consistent. Remain consistent. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. On campus and online. Tonight, if you need to give your life to the Lord for the first time or recommit yourself to him, or be sure, wherever you're at, on campus or online, on the count of three, I'm going to ask you to just do the hand wave emoji and say it to me. Secondly, if you're like, Bishop Foreman, I've given my life to the Lord, but I've not been consistent, and I got complacent. You can become a complacent Christian, where your Christianity 
never grows. And you can blame lots of people. You can blame your pastor. You can blame this. You can blame that. But the truth is, is that growth is an inside job. Are you taking what you're taught and using it? For some of you tonight, you're like, Bishop, I'm not sure where things stand with the Lord. Well, tonight's your night to be sure. And if you become a Christian for the first time, recommit yourself to the Lord or be sure. We're in this building, I'm going to ask that you raise your hand, wave your hand, and raise your hand. Online, do the hand wave emoji or say it's me. If you become a Christian, recommit yourself to the Lord or be sure. One, no guilt, no condemnation, no shame. You're going to stop the insanity tonight. You're going to stop the insanity tonight. You're going to stop the insanity tonight. And what does that mean? Look, look at me. Look at me. What does that mean? You're about to get out of your own way. I said you're about to get out of your own way. One, two, three. If that's you, raise that hand in this building. Online, do the hand with the emoji. Say it's me. You need to become a Christian. Recommit yourself to the Lord or be sure. Everybody pray this for me. Say, Father, thank you for dying in my place. Thank you for your love for me. I confess with my mouth. And I believe in my heart that you are my Lord and Savior. Give me the grace, God, to stop the insanity. I will not pick the wrong emotion at the wrong time. My answer is yes. I am available for you. My storage is empty. And I pour it out to you. In Jesus' name. Listen, if you need to... Be, if you need to let us know about that decision. Do me a favor. Text the word decision to 877-552-4746 or scan that QR code if you just prayed that prayer. Did you make a decision to become a Christian for the first time or recommit your life to Jesus? We want to help you make Christianity a lifestyle and not just a hobby. So just text the word decision to 877-552-4746 and we'll send simple next steps so you know what to do next. We're praying for you and congratulations. Remember, your faithful giving is how we continue to bring life-giving messages like these to you. So bless what blesses you in our app or online at www.harvestchurch.church forward slash give. Remember to love God, love people, and love life. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. That's why they love Viator. They have over 300,000 bookable experiences and something for everyone. Plus, their travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.